Hello, welcome to a special edition podcast. The WWE has announced its Hall of Fame class in 2020, and Andy, other Luke, and myself are here to talk about it. Okay, I will, I'll go ahead and read the next email here for us. This is our last one of the day. Uh, we have Brian, uh, just Brian, not from anywhere, I guess. He writes in and says... <laughs> Some of the WWE Hall of Fame class for 2020 was potentially leaked. What do you guys think about what was leaked? So full disclosure, I changed this last minute because I said that it was announced based on like our Discord conversation <laughs> and then looked it up. I was like, well, I'll put everyone who was announced. And then every like the first three stories were like, possible spoilers? We don't know. <laughs> so it's like, oh, shit. Uh, but the the possible possible WWE Hall of Fame class of 2020 includes the Bella Twins uh, as well as who was the other one there was one more that was added god I should have had the yeah thing. Jushin Thunder Liger of course who could forget yeah I'll start, and if you are on Discord, so this is a nice uh, other reminder, you'll you'll get a little bit of the heatedness that you're about to get between at least other can, Luke Can I, I interrupt just real quick, Luke? <laughs> yeah, by all means. Just real quick, I do want to say the confusion might have came from they have actually already announced that Batista and the NWO are officially going in. Oh, okay. Of course. Yeah. Very these good. new these new releases are are just <laughs> yeah, the of course. the rumored additional yep. people. As far as the rumored inductees, I have two comments and uh, as mentioned, other Luke will have two opposing comments, I'm sure. Uh, Jushin Thunder Liger, a fantastic wrestler, wrestler for uh, 20 plus years, maybe 30 plus years. I don't know. He's been around forever. Has wrestled one match in WWE, and it was really in NXT um, within the last I don't know, 10 years for sure. But I think he, other Luke, you might actually know this. I think he wrestled. Tyler Breeze, is that right? Oh, podcast favorite Tyler Breeze. It was either Breeze or Sami Zayn. It, it, it was, was one definitely of one of the two. Yeah, it may have been Sami Zayn, but one match uh, in NXT. So of course, yeah, though he's retiring now in uh, Japan. They're doing a bunch of stuff. So yeah, WWE would probably want to get in on that. And of course, the Bella Twins, uh, most famous for one being married to Daniel Bryan and one formerly dating. John Cena now now engaged and actually they're both pregnant. Uh, spoiler alert if you're not following up with E News, but uh, yeah, I I'm not uh, super into either of the three inductees. I I think Jushin Thunder Liger should be in uh, most Hall of Fames, but it's it's like WWE is just trying to cash in on a guy's career when he's retiring that's done nothing for their company, which seems a little odd. Like, I I just find that a little weird. I thought that the Bella twins were most famous for being identical twins, but having wildly different size boobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> identical twins in uh, no areas. Yes, but, but one. Chromosomes. <laughs> Other Luke, your response. Uh, uh, yeah. So I think Liger is a no-brainer because the WWE's kind of shown that they want to include some of those international people, even if they didn't make a difference in WWE. 
like Liger is still going at the age of 55. He actually might have just retired. But if you talk to Rey Mysterio, any of the luchadors, any of the even smaller guys, like he was the inspiration for pretty much all of them. So without Liger, you would be missing a lot of the the best wrestlers that you've seen or at least the influence that they had to maybe wrestle the style they have. Um, so I, Liger, to me, zero complaints. I, I don't want to cut you off so early, but this is like the NFL inducting Arena Football League's best quarterback into the NFL Hall of Fame. That would just be Kurt Warner. <laughs> or Canadian. I don't know. Should, should we go get it? I almost look at it more like college. It'd be like the College Football Hall of Fame inducting like the Division Three all-time passing leader. Like, yeah, he wasn't, you know, at the biggest college, but he was still damn good to be the best in that league ever. I don't know. I, I still think it's it's deserved. Hey, this is Opinions Anonymous for a reason. You, you have an opinion, I have an opinion. Yeah, I'm right, you're wrong. <laughs> See, I, I think I'm right and you're wrong, especially now that we move on to the Bella Twins. <laughs> Because I believe that they 100% are Hall of Famers. And I know that is not a popular opinion, but at the time, women weren't expected to be great wrestlers. I think we all know what women were used for at that time. Brawn panties matches, whatever, you know. Oh, well. Making out with Vince for absolutely no reason. Uh, so... They had a great act with the twin magic. It was something you hadn't seen before. And if you watch throughout the years, Nikki Bella, I'm not going to say so much for Brie, but Nikki became like a legitimately solid female wrestler. I'm not going to say she was great. She was no Trish Stratus, but she busted her ass and put in the work to actually become fairly good. And I know fairly good maybe doesn't go along with the Hall of Fame, but at the time, you know, for what they were given and also their appeal outside of WWE with like the total Bellas and the total Divas and all of that was launched basically because of the Bella Twins. And you also have to give a little factor to that outside influence because this isn't pure sport. It is entertainment as well. So that definitely matters. I think, yes, there are some female wrestlers who should be in before them but I have zero issues with them going in because I think that they should be in. So here you actually made a very good point when you said that on the discord server. And my only complaint or counter argument is that you're exactly right up to the point of the Bella twins. There was really nobody else that was crazy, significantly better uh, in, in WWE, but I don't understand why it has to be, you know, a week after they both announce that they're pregnant. And I, it just feels like they're trying to almost capitalize on something that I guess bothers me more than anything. I mean, this is the company that tries to capitalize. Oh, your father just died. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's, yeah, that's... let's show the funeral and have big show jump on a casket. It's like, valid. <laughs> the, the entertainment aspect, while not always in the best taste, like sometimes you have to take those real world things and use them to try and get that little extra publicity. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of capitalizing on 
something from real life. Uh, we also got a, uh, I don't know where this update came from, but there was an update out there about the Rock's daughter training at the WWE Performance Center. So I, I would say that's certainly at least capitalizing a little bit on on uh, her real life real life father. What's what are you guys? I guess what are your thoughts about the Rock's daughter coming up in in WWE potentially in the next few years? I mean, I think the first thing that pops into everybody's mind is how long until her and Charlotte fight at WrestleMania. But I, I mean. She has the genetics, clearly would be the first fourth generation superstar. And it's not that she's just like, oh, my dad's the rock, so I'm just going to do this wrestling thing. Like, I think she legitimately has a passion for it. From my understanding, has been training for a couple of years now, just not officially under contract. So I, I, I wish her the best, and I hope she's half as good as her dad is because even being half as good as him you're pretty damn good i I have to say this before we get get any further and i feel like i'm this is something that i hate seeing other places is a, a female being described as someone's husband or someone's daughter it's simone johnson is who we're talking about uh her her name is simone so congrats to simone for being in the uh in the training program for wwe my Biggest thing, of course, yes, absolutely. Uh, congratulations, and I, I wish her nothing but the best. Uh, two items, I think that "quote unquote" fourth generation superstar will be overused by the WWE. I wish that they would just say, uh, "This is Simone Johnson. This is her." And I don't know if you guys saw, but her biggest concern or worry is that she won't live up to her family's name like she doesn't deserve that uh and and wwe shouldn't put that on her they they should train her and she it's one of those things where i almost wish that you know we didn't know this until five or ten years down the road oh hey did you know that this the girl that's been doing pretty good stuff happens to be the rock's daughter like that's kind of what i wish uh in much the same way that when the rock debuted right he wasn't dwayne the rock johnson right yeah he was rocky maivia of course of course some people's favorite really some would would say that yes and speaking of capitalizing once again on what we were talking about uh, our top three this week we're gonna jump right into it's going to be our top three favorite wrestlers in the spirit of the Hall of Fame class and, of course, Simone Johnson being an up-and-comer. Her father, potentially someone's favorite wrestler. Uh, but let's go ahead and jump into our top three of our favorite wrestlers of all time. Who wants to start off? I mean, I guess I will if nobody else wants it. Go for I it. I have a very definitive top three. I... <laughs> was telling Andy earlier I didn't even put any honorable mentions because it's so obvious to me who these three are. Number three was CM Punk. I I was watching ECW every single week as they were debuting new people, and just for some reason he stood out to me. He didn't really look that impressive, but he was still better than everybody he got in the ring with, at least in my opinion, and just the story and how he built up and then the straight edge society, like 
everything about CM Punk, I loved. And I, I honestly can't even put my finger on why. I just thought he was amazing. Yeah, as a uh, as a, a fellow member of the Straight Edge Society, just in life, uh, <laughs> big props to CM Punk. He he was so, like such a presence that even when I wasn't watching wrestling, basically the entire time he was in the WWE, uh, I still knew who he was. So I think that says a lot. Yeah. Two small fun facts about CM Punk. He's the only wrestler where I've bought a ticket to a show specifically to see him. And that would have been after the whole fiasco where he quit WWE. Raw came to Chicago, his hometown. We were at Purdue at the time. And myself, uh, Cousin Kyle, RIP, get better soon. Uh, And two other friends actually drove up to Chicago because there were rumors that maybe he would come back. And that was the sole purpose of driving up there and going to the show. Obviously, he didn't, but there was still that hope. And the second thing, the infamous pipe bomb promo that he gave that I'm sure you've all heard of if you're a wrestling fan occurred June 27th, 2011. And I will always remember that because it was my 21st birthday. Hey, ah, there it is. Happy birthday. <laughs> Moving on, sorry, it took way too long for a number three. Number two is going to be Mrs. Foley's baby boy, Mick Foley. <laughs> now, I I don't know if you guys want me to pick a yeah. specific face. Yeah, yes. do you get all yes. like all ten Mick Foley versions? <laughs> well, I I mean I I feel like they're kind of all wrapped together. If I had to pick, I'd probably go dude love just because like what the fuck? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, he always had these crazy characters, but for me growing up, surprise, surprise, I was fat. Uh, So when I looked at Mick Foley, like, here was a guy being super successful, fighting against all these dudes that looked like brick shithouses. And he was just this pudgy dude that was just, like, working hard and still amazing. Like, I felt like he was me out there, as dumb as that sounds. So I just always had a really strong connection with everything he did. Best thing about Mick Foley is the fact that playing, well, basically any of the WWE games, you can uh, have a tag team match between solely Mick Foley characters. (laughs) Dude Love and Mankind versus Cactus Jack and Commissioner Commissioner Foley. Foley. There you go. And number one, I don't even have to say it. If you've ever talked to me, you probably know that the answer is Edge. I mean, when he first started out, he joined the Brood. I loved everything about the Brood with Christian and Gangrel. Uh, Moved on to a, you know, just the tag team with Christian fighting against the Hardys and the Dudleys. And I always loved Edge and Christian the most with the five second poses. Then he goes on with the money in the (laughs) bank and... One of the reasons that I hate John Cena so much, it's not even that I hate John Cena, it's that I loved Edge so much that I had to hate John Cena. And just for whatever reason, he was always my favorite. He was always the person that I wanted to act like. I mean, he obviously just returned at the Royal Rumble. Andy can attest that I screamed out loud <laughs> when his music hit. Absolutely and true. I, he's He's just my favorite of all time. I would like to publicly apologize, Luke. I feel very bad. I should have 
uh, somehow sent you to Houston to watch the Royal Rumble in person for you to experience that. I, uh, I'll make that up to you. <laughs> I can promise you if they if the shows come around here within like three hour driving distance, I will be there <laughs> if he is on the show. Andy, why don't you go ahead? Luke, you or me? Uh, yeah, you. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I can. I can do that. I can do that. All right. Um, my my number three. I'm going to start with Luke in much the same way that you felt a certain kinship with Mick Foley. I have always felt a certain kinship with Rey Mysterio, uh, yeah. obviously because of my Mexican heritage. <laughs> Just felt like he. Really fit. No, Ray, a short guy. I'm have always been a short guy. Uh, was just the most like electric performer I'd ever seen. He uh, still, even at after twenty some odd years of wrestling, is still doing some of the coolest stuff out there. The six one nine, maybe my favorite wrestling move ever. Well. It's not, but it's it's really high up there. It's absolutely <laughs> amazing every time it happens. He literally killed a guy doing it once, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe we shouldn't mention, but it just lets you know it's really dangerous. And you know, just his his entire presence. I remember like when he first kind of made the jump to the WWE, it being just such a huge deal and being so cool. So I, I've I've loved Rey Mysterio ever since. I will not. I will not argue against Rey Mysterio being in a top three because the most that I remember of him is I was a WCW guy back in the day growing up. And he was always one of my favorites. The cruiserweights were so captivating. And he was one of the few guys that actually broke away from the cruiserweights. And they did like the the giant slayer or whatever, where he was fighting like Kevin Nash and Scott Hall and like actually beating them. I think that was back when he didn't wear his mask and like, Mm -hmm. That was always my favorite part of the show every single week was seeing which huge dude they were going to make Rey Mysterio fight that week. Uh, my number two, this is this is tough because, Luke, I, I feel like I need to save it for you. <laughs> but I'm also, I, I'm not 100% sure that you're going to say this person. So I feel like I have to say it. Go ahead. It's the, it's the Miz. <laughs> the Miz is... <laughs> maybe not everybody's favorite I I feel like he's a very polarizing wrestler but he has he's he's been my favorite personality as a wrestler basically since I started watching again back in college uh just his his performance in the ring his he's the perfect like cowardly heel character out there and just thinks he's amazing uh, there's just so much to like about the Miz. he's i think steadily improved as a performer throughout his career maybe leveled off now that he's a little older but you know at, at started out on the fucking real world <laughs> saying he was going to be a wrestler and then just actually became a wrestler like and is like one of the most recognizable people in the entire company so it's an amazing success story and he's just he's the maybe the most fun out there too. I don't know if there is a funnier moment than when uh, Damian Sandow was his stunt double. Yeah. It, it was Miz Dow and was just beating himself up outside the ring as Miz would would fight somebody. So a, a ton of great moments from the Miz. If that's true, Andy, I feel like maybe 
a little slighted. Like maybe you owe me more of a thank you because two years ago for Christmas, I got you a framed Ms. Real Life Signature Opinions Anonymous uh, picture frame. And I didn't know he was your second favorite wrestler ever. Well, he is. So, yes, thank you for that. I I would have been excited for any uh, wrestler that you met at a cricket wireless, but (laughs) I was especially excited for you meeting the Miz. Yeah, Miz, obviously a fan of the podcast. So, uh, yes, he he sponsors. I would say he's one of the wrestlers that I respect the most. Because when he first got hired, he 100% did not deserve to be there. (laughs) And... And backstage, they made him know it. Like, they refused to let him change in the locker rooms. He would have to go find somewhere else to change because the wrestlers just wouldn't let him in. But he busted his ass. Yeah. He he worked hard. He's legitimately one of the better in-ring performers. Like, he, he put in the work. He wasn't there to make a joke of it. I know a lot of his character has been a joke. I mean, the real world making a, kind of a joke of everything. But he truly respected the business, busted his ass, put in the work, and he he deserves to be where he is right now. Absolutely. Okay, moving on to my number one. Maybe less of like a, a heartfelt story at this point in his career after a number of incidents. But this dates back to when I first really like got into wrestling and really started watching it. Jeff Hardy. In the Attitude Era, particularly, or, you know, towards the tail end, just doing the most incredible, amazing, death-defying stunts out there. Him and Matt, the coolest guys, like, on the entire roster, in my opinion. Just absolutely insane, high-flying, crazy antics, cool style. I've just always loved, there's nothing better than a swanton bomb off of like a 20 foot ladder or off of the second deck of a stadium through a, a random Dudley brother through a table. It, it, it cannot be beat. Those are the moments that I just take your breath away. You just don't know. They're the, the ones that you're like, please don't do this, but also do this a hundred more times because I, I will lap it up every single time. You, you forgot to mention off of a bed onto a floor, um, Andy, because that's a little more realistic from you know our childhood. But I, you were afraid at number two. To be honest, Jeff Hardy would be my number one all day, every day. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I could do an, an easy uh, top three. Uh, I would have used Jeff Hardy, but I could say, you know, The Undertaker, The Rock, Stone Cold. I'm actually going to take a page out of Andy's book. You know, we we didn't get along so much last week, Andy. I felt a little bad about it. I'm I'm modifying the top three to to benefit myself. Uh, I'm going to do the the top. As if you didn't last week. (laughs) I'm going to do my own top three of uh, favorite wrestlers. And these might not be, again, Jeff Hardy would have been my favorite. These might not be my quote unquote favorite, but... But you're going to enjoy this. So number three, I have uh, Too Cool and Rikishi. Yes! <laughs> yes, I had Scotty Too Hottie as my number four. Yeah, just just fantastic. Uh, a group that, you know, they'd come out, they're horrible at wrestling, but, you know, they'd figure out a way to win matches. Maybe Rikishi would get involved, kick somebody in the face, stink face them, and then they'd dance every time. 
number two on my list. I think other Luke, you might respect this one a little bit. Uh, Raven and the Flock. I loved the Flock. <laughs> Just a, a group of misfits that didn't fit in anywhere, but there was enough of them that they would just beat the hell out of anyone who got in the way. And there were some pretty cool storylines there. I'll never forget the uh, Goldberg versus Raven match where he took out the whole flock, and it was crazy back then. But yeah, Raven and the flock coming in at number two. And number one... Other Luke, you dove into this a little bit earlier, the brood, because I think uh, and, uh, they eventually got involved. But number one for me, the Ministry of Darkness. Uh, so growing up just in the prime time of wrestling, they were super cool. They were so creepy, and they they did crazy things. They started crucifying people on, on national television. So uh, led by, of course, The Undertaker. But the Ministry of Darkness, number one in my book. Three great stables. In that top three. <laughs> and I'm actually going to go um, top top three as my honorable mentions, because, Andy, I know you probably have a couple of just, like, a few classic characters. So <laughs> I, I debated which route I was going. So <laughs> if, if we pretend to do this again, number three would be the Mountie. <laughs> nice. Uh, number two would be Repo Man. And number one, I hope you guys are old enough to remember Bastion Booger. Oh, <laughs> not at all, but what a name. Uh, look up those three. If, oh, yeah. you will get a picture of him, I promise. Look up those three if you get a chance. Uh, we could do a top 20 of just like one gimmick wrestlers or like like dumb name wrestlers. That would be great. <laughs> Please look up Bastion Booger yes, right oh, now. What a good yeah. Holy yeah. Andy has a chance. Bastion Booger, man. I just looked this cat up. He is wearing what I can only describe as BDSM lingerie. <laughs> and if you if you click on the yeah, on the images, he once did a like Friar Tuck gimmick as well. <laughs> oh yeah, I see it. Very nice. <laughs> Well, what do we have for honorable mentions from other Luke? So I didn't have any written down, but thinking back more to my childhood and people that I loved back then thinking of WCW, I actually have to go with the NWO Wolfpack, specifically Conan, for some reason. I don't know why, I just really loved Conan. And the one I usually get a lot of crap for, and I don't know why, but I was always so excited when he came out, and that was the Disco Inferno. <laughs> Again, a great, great gimmick, one-trick type guy. Uh, there, I'll never get tired of those type of wrestlers. I, I truly don't do not. Well, true to form, I do have my own list of honorable mentions that I'd, I'd like to go through. Uh, starting out with a few a few more serious ones. Uh, I've got Dolph Ziggler, just the best guy to see get his ass kicked of all time. He is he is amazing at getting beat up. He is the best seller, one of my like one of my favorite sellers to watch. He will just flop around, hairs going crazy, legs, limbs flying everywhere, just getting the shit kicked out of him. But boy, is he fun to watch. Uh, Cody Rhodes, I think, deserves some credit um, first for like founding AEW and just launching his own brand, but also for being a wrestler in his own right. And 
perfecting the drop slap, which is maybe maybe my <laughs> actual favorite wrestling move. Uh, Kane before he was unmasked, and actually with the original mask. So like the very first Kane outfit, I thought was incredible and like super scary and a gr- just a great character. I'll throw Randy Orton out there, not so much because I like him as a wrestler, but because the RKO is maybe the perfect wrestling move because you can just throw it anywhere and it works every time and is it's, you, it, just the catching the RK out, RKO, just catching the RKO out of nowhere is it's such a trope at this point, but it is awesome. Uh, I also have I threw the hurricane just as like a meme, the first meme wrestler, maybe <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Uh, how about, uh, I think Drew Carey should be on this list for appearing in a Royal rumble. It was a great performance in that one. Uh, eliminated by Kane, I believe. Uh, Rulon Gardner, of course, the gold medal winning, Greco-Roman wrestler from the United States. I think he won gold maybe at a, the 2000 Sydney Olympics. Sure. Patriotic. Luke, I, you, you may have to help me on this one, but I put Machamp as a wrestler. I, I don't know if that... I don't know how real that is, but he's a fighting-type Pokemon. So, I, you know tossed him in i have a strong feeling you meant <laughs> to direct that to me and not to luke yes of course i did i mean i i feel like i would absolutely allow it all right uh and then last but not least bonesaw from the original spider-man movie <laughs> who was played by macho man randy savage bonesaw <laughs> i got you for three minutes <laughs> Uh, so yeah, one of my top uh, top ten to fifteen favorite wrestlers of all time. <laughs> so, with our honorable mentions out of the way, uh, listeners, if you have any top three wrestlers, we'd certainly like to hear them in the Discord. Maybe as a comment on this post uh, on opinionsanonymous.com or on Twitter. So let us know. <laughs>